Hello, and welcome to an Unexpected Podcast. My name is Tim, and with me as always, we have Matt, Mick, Rainier. Uh, Devin will be joining us later on the episode. Uh, just wanted to let everyone know that if they would rather listen to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we have it available there as well. And we'd like for everyone to start leaving any questions. Um, this will kind of be an out-of-order episode, but in future uh, episodes, we'd like for you to leave any questions you may have for us, as we'll do a uh, Q&A in the future for one of the episodes. So we're, we're trying to collect a whole bunch of questions. So if you could leave um, any questions you have, and hopefully we'll select yours. Uh, the topic for today is the new FAQ that just came out. And we're going to be going over a list by, I apologize if I mispronounce your name. I believe it's Gurgly Zimmer Zerwinski? I'm, I'm, I probably absolutely butchered your name. I, I think we can say with 100% certainly that you have mispronounced his name. I, I, there's no way that that's correct. So <laughs> I'm and, terribly and our, sorry for mispronouncing our, apologize, our, our apologies to whomever you are. I, I don't know how I would go at that name, but you know, we, I mean, the, we, we, we push on. <laughs> the sur- surname sounds Polish, so I would say Trevinsky. But... Jervinsky. So we'll go. We'll go with Jervinsky. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. We had an expert on this podcast who actually knew how to pronounce the name, and you let him butcher it first. <laughs> Come on, I, Nick. I didn't expect he was going to do it so badly. <laughs> well, I'm American, so I see Jergerly, and so you know, I I go with that. Um, okay, so we'll move over to his list right now. Um, Rainier, if you're okay with doing it, I'll send it over to you for this week. Yeah, do you have it up on? Oh, here we go right now. Okay, so he says, Hi, I would like to use three trolls from The Hobbit, Bilbert and Tom. Somewhat competitive at 750 points. I have the Goblin Count starter set, so I came up with an idea to mix these two factions. Oh, nice. So right off the bat, his list is Bill with the Campfire, accompanied by Tom and Bert. That's his first warband. His second warband is the Goblin King, who is a leader, leading 12 goblins. Goblin Captain leading 12 goblins, the Goblin Scribe leading six goblin warriors. So that would be four warbands, uh, 11 might, 30 model, 30 goblin warriors, four monsters, and a captain for marches. Um, where of the bat, it feels very reminiscent of the first armies that you saw when the first Hobbit models were released, I guess. That's kind of reminds me of. I know I, I play, played a list similar to this only with the box set um, that came out and the, and the, tr- and the trolls. So I, I like that nostalgia of the list first off um, competitive wise. The first thing that popped off my bat popped off the bat is I would have for the extra might and strike swapped the captain for who, who was that goblin hero called? Oh, um, Grinna. Uh, Grinna. Yeah, Grinna. Yeah, Grinna. Grinna. But the, yep. but then he does mention it, and it does make quite a lot of sense because he probably put some thought into it, keeping the goblin captain in for March. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. I've only ever played it or seen it played uh, beginning of the years when the first box set came out. So I don't know. I've never seen this at a tournament. I'm not quite sure. I know Matt, our expert, probably has more to say on the the troll profiles but yeah right off the bat i think it's cool it's nostalgic and it potentially i think i'd still throw in grinna to give you that extra strike but yeah what do you guys think so at the risk of being ridiculed for this online i have played a list like this (laughs) um so and yeah i think this is a pretty good list and this is by the way a list that can work 
Um, I think I'd em emphasize the somewhat in, in front of somewhat, you know, somewhat competitively. Uh, but um, there's, there are some lists uh, against that this, that this list will give fits to, um, you know, especially uh, kind of like small elite, like, like a small elite list like elves or something like that, that doesn't have a few, huge numbers of uh, figures to begin with. And, you know, we've talked a lot about how, you know, kind of monsters suck in these rules because of big bases. Uh, the, the limitation or the, the caveat on that is monsters with their own might, will, and fate don't actually suck. And this list has four of them. Um, and that really can be a, a scary list to some of us. Uh, by the way, the other lists that will hate this are other um, uh, low courage lists um, because it, you, you basically can have a, uh, uh, a four, you know, a four troll or troll equivalent terror wall here. That's like a foot long. Um, <clears throat> and it's, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at this. I think the only choice, the only change I would make, well, there's two possible changes. One change is I would give the goblin scribe 12 warriors rather than six warriors, unless he's, uh, he's, a, he's a minor, he's a minor hero. hero. Yeah, he's All, a minor right. Hero. All right. never mind. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure I've got, I, I, I'm not sure about that change. Um, I'd cons I'd consider swapping out Grima or I'm sorry, Grina to get the extra might and the extra strike. Um, because you have the goblin scribe uh, to have guys kind of beam onto the board at various points, March is somewhat less important with these guys and you'll probably get there eventually. Um, but with that said, March is still going to have its uses and um, the goblin cap captain is decent. I mean, I mean, a couple of things when you play this list, um, you want to make sure you put the campfire in the right place. And the right place is almost always the center of the board. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, unless for some reason the center of the board is, is inside your opponent's deployment area. Um, just to make sure that it, you have the much, the, the most opportunity to use it. And then, you know, you have your, you have your monsters kind of running around with the goblin warriors uh, kind of running around between them and just making sure that the goblin warriors never get too far from uh, the wall of monsters or else they're going to get slammed and you're going to get broken. Um, and this is, this is not a list where you want to get broken because everything's going to run away, including your, uh, your big trolls. Um, but you got, you got plenty of, really big bases to hide those goblin warriors behind and kind of keep them safe. Um, and the other thing that's useful when you have multi uh, monster lists with uh, might is the ability to hurl into one another. And you've got a bunch of might in this list. Um, so, you know, one of the things you can do is, you know, if the other guy kind of runs warriors in between your monsters which you might want to let them do don't let them get surrounded you can probably use your goblin warriors just to kind of backstop that but you know let them run in between your monsters then have your monsters start calling heroic combats and throwing into you know throwing guys into other monsters so 
I know those are my thoughts. I think you can have a lot of fun with this list. I think there, there are some, uh, there are some lists that you're not going to have a good time against, but I think in general, you're going to have a good time. What are y'all's thoughts on adding Gollum to the list to kind of like give, give, give those. Well, so if you wanted to make it 800, but you you know, that, that would definitely, well, I don't, do you really need him with all these heroes though? Yes. I, I mean, Goblin's useful, but I think your, your point is a good one, Tim, that, I'm not sure what you take out to get Gollum at yeah. 750 mm-hmm. points, but I think you're right. If you go up to 800 points, the next thing that goes in is Gollum. All right, um, are you guys entirely convinced that uh, the Goblin Scribe should be there? Because um, as Matt was saying, the, the thing is like this army might get broken very quickly, and Goblin Scribe, you might just be putting additional Goblins into places, and those Goblins might just randomly die, bringing you closer to breaking. Plus... So, so I'm thinking either a Gollum or perhaps Grinna instead of the Goblin Scribe. So the benefit that Goblin Scribe gives is it, it basically kind of gives you the mobility that the rest of this list doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are certain scenarios where the Goblin Scribe really just changes how your opponent has to play the game. Like, for example, Storm the Camp. Just having the Goblin Scribe as a as a threat means that like half the guy's army has to stand back to, yeah. or not half, but you know, a bunch of the army has to stand back um, to defend the camp. Um, and there's a bunch of the new scenarios, like the ones where you deploy, you know, where you try, you get points for all four quadrants of the board. The goblin scribe, is, you know, is like a, a game winning yeah. figure in that, in that scenario, I think they're. I mean, I think if you're going to take anybody out, you take the Goblin Captain out and put in um, Gollum, and then maybe make the Goblin King's Warband larger. I'm not sure how the math would end up working out on that. I, yeah, you can you can still do six because he's still <laughs> legend. Yeah. Um, so you could t- you could take six more warriors. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I always get a little confused with this, right? So, in the new edition, because they're yellow, you have to have a le- the, someone from the other army has to be Valor, right? Or is yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was just wondering if there was any way to just do captains with warriors, but obviously you need Valor, so yeah. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way to just drop the Goblin King and add more warriors. And and by the way, I don't think you want to drop the Goblin King and add more warriors because I think the Goblin King is a, you know, as the as the fourth monster with might is, uh, is an essential part of this list. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about possibly adding some Goblin mercenaries, but again, Valor prevents that from happening. Yep. Yeah. Um, now I think that, I think if you're going to add anything else, it's it's clearly Gollum. The question is kind of like, you know, what do you take out to yeah. get there? Yeah, because I, I I mean, I just think you don't add them unless you get to 800. Yeah. But I don't because like there's this is such a list where there's not a whole almost anything you can really do to fix it or change it or you know make it. It's just this is the list how what do you think of it kind of a thing so but unless does anyone else have any other final thoughts on it well if you if you didn't necessarily have to use all three trolls i would swap one of them for a spider queen that's what i i, I was just thinking but... if you if you were convinced because like i know he says he wants to use all three trolls in the in the comments um so i would i would assume he just he wants to stick to that but if you were willing to part with one of the trolls then mick what were you going to say I was just gonna say you drop Tom and you add the spider queen. Okay. 
Would everybody agree with that, or would they rather have something else if you oh, were to drop a troll? No, I agree with that. You, you you get an objective taker. You get a the speed. He goes Spider Queen. She goes over all types of things, and whatnot, like that. That yeah, I think I do that. Huge, huge take. She's one hundred and fifteen. So so you also gain five points. So you can then you can get Grinna. Get upgrade Grinna. it to Grinna. So. <laughs> so upgrade the captain to Grinna, and then get a Spider Queen or a Goblin. Yeah, <laughs> extra Goblin. Um, One extra goblin. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, the fire, the the fireplace, or or, or the, the the campfire. Uh, fifteen points for plus one courage and resistance to magic, uh, and you have to be nearby. With so few warriors, uh, you can still get more models in. Can you pick up the fire? Um, let's just see. Is it like a heavy object that the no? You can't. Can you can't up? pick no, up no, the I fire. Think, also, it's like I the mean, mirror. Yeah. Yep. What, what what do you guys think about getting rid of that? Because I mean, to have four monsters as is, you come up against a caster, they can't handle all four at the same time, and chances you're not really gonna have all three by the fire anyways. They're all yeah. Be, this army has to yeah. move forwards. Yeah, different parts of the battlefield or whatnot. Unless yeah, yeah. I don't know. Storm the camp and put the fire in the enemy's camp or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, first of all, it's it's you know clearly theme. Um, but with, I mean, with that said, I, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, unless you, unless you sold me what you could get in exchange for those additional 15 points, um, I'm, I'm not goblins. sure. I'm not sure three goblins moves the needle for me. Yeah. Um, and there are certain circumstances where uh, having that resistance to magic and plus one courage are going to be really useful to those trolls because the trolls don't have the highest courage. And I mean, the last thing you want is your, I mean, one of them, like Tom has courage three. Um, and you know, the last thing you want is, you know, your big troll to like fail the courage test and he can't charge the terror wall. Um, or, you know, he can't do anything. He just kind of sits there and, and cowers. And usually if you put the campfire in the center of the board or near the center of the board, you're going to get some use out of it. Oh, okay. So you can actually, it's not like the mirror where it's like six inches from the plot. You can put it wherever you want. But you can put yeah, it any, like you can put it anywhere outside of, um, outside of uh, the other guy's control zone. I mean, the other thing is that the, I mean, the fire, the campfire is, a is like a terrain piece. Mm -hmm. Um. And because I think, and you know, I mean, you can't move through it. Um, and I think there's one of these guys has a special rule where you can actually like throw people in the fire, which is, um, uh, which is fun. I'm not sure it's, I'm not sure it's the, the best option usually if you've uh, won the fight, but you know, it's always a fun thing to do to somebody is throw them in the fire. <laughs> but uh, the, the point is it, I, I mean, you can't move through it because it's a fire. So you can actually use it to kind of like fill in a gap and kind of fight around and anchor a flank. Yeah. So any, anywhere outside of your opponent's deployment area, so you could put it um, at the halfway line. Yeah. I, I, I think, I would think I would, I, yeah, Besides the fact that you can only add three golems, I don't see why you wouldn't take the campfire because you can just put it at the halfway and then they just have to be within six inches. So you get 30 inches of coverage, basically, or 12 inches from the halfway line, I should say. Um, six inches on each side. I, I, I would take the campfire, especially because three goblins over something like that, I think, is huge. Yeah, you might not have it. 
Yeah, it, it, you might as well, in case for whatever reason they decide to deploy close to the campfire for whatever reason, and they, they try to, like, imagine you come up against, like, a Mordor force and they just want to fight you, so then you meet at the middle kind of a thing. Um, um, I mean, if there's some way to get, I, I've been, I was, I'm trying to, like, page through the book to find the Goblin Town thing. If there's some way to get Gollum in here in exchange for the campfire, that would be something that I think would be worth mm-hmm. doing. Um, because having Gollum with the ring running around with these, you know, fight seven and uh, fight six trolls around is a devastating combination. Yeah, um, I, f- I found the uh, the, I mean, the throw in the fire guy as if well. If you were if you were to drop campfire, you still need twenty points. But if if somehow you did end up dropping uh, uh, swapping Goblin Scribe into into a Gollum, then you still can move the the, the six Goblin warriors to Goblin King's Warband. Yeah, you can still. Yep. So then you're still. Is, the scri- is it worth losing the scribe for Gollum? No, yes, I, I think, it, think, it's worth I think it might be worth losing the campfire and four goblins and getting Gollum. Five. That I think yeah. would be worth it. It's 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 a hard that get him down to what twenty six. Mo- oh no, no, thirty no, well, models so it, still. Got, thirty models still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you, you don't lose any. Well, okay. So you said four goblins and and what? The, yeah, it's if no, it's five goblins and campfire. If we're if we're doing five goblins, oh, is it five? Oh, yeah, that's right, because they're four points each. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, don't, I, that, I can, that that puts I, you down to like 31, 32 models at seven fifty. That's that's pretty. I low. consider it though, because then it would make you have like literally a monster army with like twenty something goblins just to do whatever yeah. you want with them, because it would give you like four mega heroes that could not be shut down, um, whilst in combat and like golem. He's just a pain in the neck. He's like, like, like just to get into combat, like it's it's horrible. Yeah. And someone like someone like Aragorn or Boromir couldn't even fight against these trolls or have have a chance to. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I I I think about that. I think I definitely think hard about dropping the campfire and putting in, um, Gollum with five less goblin warriors. But it, it's not clear to me what the answer would be. I'd have to really actually think about it. Okay. Um, um, Mick, I, I'm going to need your help again. What, how, how, how would you pronounce his name again? Uh, I'm not sure about the first name. I think so, I think the last name would be Trevinsky. Gurgling? Gurgling? You know, if, if you're listening to this, I, we just have no, I, no clue how to pronounce your name. So if you can sound it out in the comments, we would appreciate that. I'm, I'm going to call you Gurg. Because uh, I think that's the easiest way to, to go about it. <laughs> uh, so, Gerg, if you could let us know in the uh, comment section uh, if you would consider swapping out or if you'd rather keep it the way it is. And if you do end up using it in a, a game or a tournament, let us know how it goes. Um, we're going to move on to the main topic for today. Before we go, you know what he's going to do is he's just going to post a message in the in the feed stream that says it's pronounced <laughs> it, it's pronounced like it's like it's spelled you ignorant jerks oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I he's can't probably get... from like he's probably from like florida or something <laughs> <laughs> he's from florida <laughs> i'm from jersey you idiots <laughs> <laughs> i've played at your tournament what's wrong with you? i've seen you six it's times me, george I, I keep introducing myself to you. You never remember my name. <laughs> Don't you remember we 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 hung out that one night? That's right. Um. Okay. So we'll move yeah, on. Yeah. Give my best to your wife too. 
<laughs> we went to the pottery barn that one time. It was great. <laughs> um, so we'll move on to the FAQ. Basically, the, what we're going to do is we're going to go over any all the new um, pink parts of the uh, designer's commentary. And if we have something we want to add on to what it said, then we'll do that. If not, we'll just move on to the next one. All right, and now we're going to move into the FAQ. So the first one we're going to be going over is the main game rules manual. So we're going to show that on screen real quick. And the first one is um, when a special rule refers to the man keyword, does this mean models with either the man or woman keyword? Uh, basically, yes, um, because it is a man, and they're referring to the race of men. Um, I any thought that was on? a really cool thing uh, previously. That there were yeah. there were certain rules which didn't apply to women. Actually, you yeah, know that that, that is a kind cool. of a yeah. So like for example, you couldn't um, if you have like the age of men kind of a thing. Yeah. You can't hurt AM AON. That'd be kind of cool actually. They have like a special exception to that. My my wife was so annoyed by this special by this uh, FAQ. Um, <laughs> well, I, she wasn't really, but I, I, her her comment, which was a good one, was, "Hey, we're woke, and in the twenty first century, oh no, we're not." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I I agree. This was definitely this was definitely an FAQ that did not need to be made, and you know, I thought it was fun that there were differences between yeah uh, men and women too and i'm i'm sad that they put this thing in i mean there was there was it, it's not like there was anything in the game that screamed out for this faq to be made but um but yeah well, no, i think i think it rule. needed to though weirdly enough because like if you had said that to me in a tournament i genuinely would have been like well it's a man like it's at the race of men like i i i mean unfortunately I would have probably called it out at a tournament because I would have been like, no, just because it's a woman doesn't mean it's not a man. <laughs> well, like, I mean, that, that's fine if you wanted to address the issue, but the way to address the issue was no. When we said woman, we meant woman. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it seemed less like there was an issue and they fix it more of just like a clarification, kind of like you said, for, for, for tournament play. But yeah, it is kind of a disappointment because when you would play as Eowyn and like goth mod would call the age of men is over. You'd be like, yeah, it doesn't apply to me or different things. I, have I, no man. I, I really, I mean, cause it would have been great just to have the Eowyn figure there and just go, I am no man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Now like, we can't do that. I wish, I wish they, they, they should create a new rule saying I am no man. And I do not count as the race of men. <laughs> oh, but, but you got to wait till opportune time when like they go to strike and they're like plus one to wound and you just look at your opponent and go, I am no man. <laughs> <laughs> they just look so confused or, or like you have some weird rule where like she has like a helmet on and, and if she decides to reveal it she gets that keyword taken away from her <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i mean it's it's those themey moments that that make this game really fun and they just kind of erased one of those potential themey moments so mm -hmm. all right so everybody you know shed a tear for the the man won the <laughs> distinction and then you can move on uh, next one is, does a model that has stood up count as having moved? The answer is yes. Um, it will count as having moved half of their move allowance. Now, was, wasn't this already known? Like, didn't I thought I this know, was least, well known. Yeah, in the States, like everybody at each tournament, like it was like, what, what, what was it over there, Mick? Did people not know this one? Um, well, I, I always assume that if you if you if you do any movement, you're moving. So like standing up, you're moving. So yeah, but yeah. Doesn't it, say, that... it says I think it says in the book that your it counts as half your movement. Yeah, it, it does. does so yeah, like it... It, it does. But I mean, I guess I guess if you're a persnickety, you could argue. Yeah. But you know, my figure is still in the same place. But I think it, I think you're right. Everybody played it this way, so I don't think this changes. 
Well, I suppose with all these uh, with all these counters that we use these days, with like these 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 little things that says prone next to model. Technically, by just taking out the counter, you're not technically moving the model itself. You're just mm -hmm. moving the counter away. So that may have caused some confusion. So, although actually, I think it's fair to say. I mean, when we get to the next FAQ, it may actually explain why this FAQ is is here. So why don't you read the next one? Um, if a prone model begins its turn within an enemy model's control zone, can it choose to stand up without charging the enemy model? The answer is yes, as the prone model has moved closer to the enemy model. Actually, it has not. Oh, moved has closer. not moved. Sorry, Polly. Um, yeah. So I. So it. So the, the previous FAQ kind of makes more sense in the context of this FAQ, because I can understand why this FAQ is here, um, because there could be some, there could be some complaints saying, oh well, you can't stand up in my control zone unless you charge me, um, but. Uh, but but now this is saying, look, you can stand up in somebody's uh, control zone. You can still not charge the guy. But if you do that, you count as having moved, um, even though the figure is not you know, displacing on the tabletop. So maybe the two of those were just to clarify that, that one thing. Yeah, it adds for more traps, I guess. I know, like, I, I played Corsairs a lot, and, like, this... I this rule kind of would like work in the favor of Corsairs because if you have one knock knocked over, you just move them up and then the guy and then, and then your opponent could be trapped without even having to use your courage to charge them. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't remember, did the, does the control zone rule say that you have to end further away or does it say that you can't? Move um, I believe it's, uh, you know, let me pull it up real quick. Um, I believe it says though, you can move, that but you can't get any closer. Unless you want to charge. Control zone. Uh, let's see here. That's probably... All right. Well, uh, anyway, it, it, it's an academic point. I don't think we need to, to go into it because this, yeah. this I, I think I, it. I, but... Yeah. Um, okay. We'll move into the next one, which is if a model defending a barrier chooses to lie down, do they still count as defending the barrier? No, prone models do not have a control zone. All right. Go ahead, Mick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i found this one interesting because um um i was just taking a little uh, a, a couple of models of mine and i noticed a situation where let's say you have a model who is defending a barrier and then you lie that model down and suddenly the model cannot be charged because um because it cannot be seen behind the barrier it also isn't defending the barrier so you don't get the the benefit of the of the rule where um, you can just get into base contact with the barrier and, and and still be fighting, and then the opponent can't jump over the barrier because you're occupying a space. So you run into into this 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 new situation where it's almost like the opponent can't really do anything; they just get stuck on the other side of the barrier because they can't see you, they can't charge you, but you're there, so they can't jump over. Yeah. So this is. This is a variant of the problem that's kind of been around for a while and I think still hasn't been addressed, which yeah. is, you know, sticking yourself at half inch behind the barrier. So you're not touching it. You're not defending it. The other guy can't charge you because he can't come into contact with your base, but he also can't jump over the barrier because there isn't enough room to fit there. And, you know, unless he rolls a six, he can't jump into contact, combat anyway, um, which is a problem. 
Um, and I think it's, it's a problem that, you know, everybody, I, I mean, the answer seems to be that, you know, kind of when you get within like a half inch of a barrier or less than a base width from a barrier and you're doing this intentional thing that there has to be some way to charge you. And if you, if they charge you from behind the barrier, that's fine, but nothing in the rule says this. It's just kind of what people work out when they're on the table because otherwise it's an insurmountable problem. And I, I mean, I think lying down causes the exact same problem. Mm -hmm. I think less because you can't see the model because it's possible you could like get into a position where you could peer over and see some of it, but you can't get into, you, you can't contact the other guy's base because the best you can do is come up and contact the barrier and that's not in his base. And the only way to get over, you know, the only way the rules say you can charge somebody like that is if they're, defending a barrier in which case contacting the barrier con constitutes contacting its base um but i think they i mean the common sense application for that is what happens is you charge the barrier you pretend like you're in contact with the guy's uh figure he just gets no benefit for defending the barrier because he's you know lying down I, I mean i think that's how you have to do it it's just that's not what you know that's not kind of spelled out here yeah I mean, I feel, I just, I, uh, I just feel like that this may just open more confusion for people, um, and I would just like this, this, this particular thing to be uh, cleared up better. Because in fact, um, I could actually just share a screen now because I just pulled up a thing. Uh, oh, I can't share a screen. Oh, hang on. I can't sc uh, start sharing a screen whilst the other no, participant is sharing. Oh, okay. Well, let's let's take this down for a second. And we'll show. Um... Yeah, so makes pretty picture. I was just going to explain that this pretty picture here, um, you have a situation where you're leaving, let's say, half an inch, and enemies can't get in, but, but also they can't really charge you, and you are just stunned. Uh, 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 you're just like there. They can't get over, they can't charge you, they can't fight you, and what happens? Yeah. So, and by the way, I think I think this, the effect of this is true regardless of whether these guys That's are true. prone yeah. or standing, yeah. um, because they're not in contact with the barrier. Therefore, they're not defending it. Thing is, if and there's no room to get get the enemies on the same side as the prones. I mean, thing is, if they were standing, then you could still argue that by approaching the barrier, you're still approaching their control zone, and therefore you should still somehow find. But if they're prone, then you're not actually entering their control zones at all. Well, I think the key word in your state or the key words in your statement are they should still somehow fight. And I think that remains true, whether they're prone yeah. or standing. I don't think the control, I mean, I don't, I don't think the, the fact that they have control zones has anything to do with it one way or the other. Um, I mean, regardless of whether they have control zones, you can't fight them in this circumstance. And, but regardless of whether they have control zones, you ought to be able to fight them in this circumstance. Yeah. So. Okay. <clears throat> Back to you, Tim. <laughs> uh, we'll go over the next now one. that we've cleared that one up <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to another one which is great um, if a model that benefited from a heroic march is part of a successful heroic combat in the same turn can they still charge as part of an additional move from the heroic combat the answer is yes heroic march only prevents a model from charging in the move phase my question to you guys is this so let's assume you charge. You, you call a heroic march, right? The the enemy charges you then because you still can't charge any models, so they charge you. How are you getting a heroic combat off on your side to allow your person to move again? Well, uh, all so right. Let me give you the. Oh, go ahead. 
Sorry. Well, basically, it would move like this. Like, say, like you heroic march, uh, captain, because that's who you usually heroic march. You heroic like right up to your enemy's battle line, mm-hmm. and then it's your turn first. Then they throw a guy in there to attack him, or say just just for some odd reason, you can then in the fight phase say, "I heroic combat." kill that guy and move him oh again. that's specific yeah. oh i see what you're saying yeah, yeah. does that make sense gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah the classic app the classic application of this is i have my witch king on fell beast i do a heroic march i move the witch king and fell beast 17 inches up um and then i compel somebody into combat with me and then i call a heroic combat kill that guy go another 12 inches jump in and then like start okay. yeah, yeah, I, I was thinking about, i was thinking about this really lines. weirdly i was thinking about like from like a oh i you know you charged me all of my models have been charged now uh, you know I, I i don't know why i was thinking about this like the model that was in combat couldn't call the heroic combat itself i was thinking like it was one of those things where, well, another model would have to call it to then get into my, you know, I, I was thinking about it really weirdly. That makes so sense. I was, I don't know. I'm, I'm weird. I couldn't, I didn't think like that. <laughs> no, but I think a lot of people were thinking like that because it kind of needed clarification. Mm-hmm. And then like, I know like at some tournaments that I TO'd and even me playing, like there's some confusion. Can I call multiple heroics in turn? Like, but this kind of clears it up. Yeah, you can, you can call a March and a combat or, Mm-hmm. things like that yeah yeah i think it's also that um if you actually read the rules uh within heroic march um or heroic combat um uh, there was a thing somewhere i saw where, where basically said that um you can't charge within this move phase so like since this is a different move phase now um you're mm-hmm. able to move and charge in this other move phase with your heroic combat so um mm-hmm. the march the march doesn't doesn't go to the to the other uh phase yeah, and that makes that makes total sense. Um, okay, we'll move on to the next one. Um, if a hero is taking part in a heroic challenge with an enemy hero that causes terror, and they fail their courage test in order to charge, do they have to spend their might or will points in order to pass the courage test? No. Any thoughts on that one? No, it doesn't say they have to, so yeah. Okay. How frequently was this question asked? <laughs> you know, all the heroic challenges that come out. That, they the happen every challenges. game. Yeah, that's right. They come out every game. <laughs> I, I'm just, I mean, presumably this is evidence that at some point somewhere someone has called a heroic challenge, and I guess that's a good thing, but okay. <laughs> and, okay. and on the same time, I failed to, to, uh, to pass the courage test. Yeah. Um, although, well, in a situation where they didn't want to charge. I suppose the confusion may also arise from the fact that um, Eladon and Elrohir have this rule where they have to call heroic moves. They have to always ensure that they're charging, etc. So maybe maybe the rules are somewhat similar in a sense. Maybe, but it certainly doesn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we'll move on to the next one, which is if a prone model has a unique banner that confers an additional effect, such as a banner of Minas Tirith or Gambling's Royal Standard of Rohan, does their banner still confer this effect? No, models cannot benefit from the effects of a banner if the bearer is prone. Ooh, I like this. I like this a lot. So this is the way we've been playing it, but I mean, this is a good FAQ in that this is something that A, came up from time to time, and B, is not spelled out in the rules. Um, So I'm glad that that's, that's here. No more hiding banners behind lines, yeah. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. I like this too because, like, heroes like Boromir and stuff. If 
you hurl and knock him down like yeah. that's going to totally affect the army and bring different like dynamics to the game exactly i know that. i know most yeah. people played like this already but i love the clarification because it's like now now canon mm-hmm. okay next one is can a model benefit from the blinding light and magical power or rules that confer similar effects such as pool of darkness if there's a piece of impassable terrain such as a wall directly between all parts of the model and the source of light slash darkness. No, light and darkness cannot travel through walls after all. <laughs> well, I have to say darkness doesn't travel um, unless unless this is some sort of like a special special darkness. Apparently it, it does. Yeah, is it, <laughs> is it, is it, isn't darkness the absence of light? Or <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, um, no, but it makes sense. Although one thing I was thinking when when we we're reviewing the the list earlier on, what if what if what if you're trying to cast light over the campfire and the fire itself is an impossible piece of terrain and the fire would be preventing light <laughs> passing through it? Well, I mean, one thing you can do with this is you can take Harry Goatleaf in the um, Clash by Moonlight scenario and say, "Go hide in that building, never come out." <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, this makes a this makes sense. Yeah. B, I wish they hadn't done it as a TO because I I know every time this comes up, a TO is going to have to be called over to answer the well, not every time, but there are going to be a number of times where you're going to get called over to say, well, is is all are all parts of the model. Uh, screened off uh, by impossible terrain from the source of light, and that's going to be a pain in the neck. I, I just want to also say um, there is that moment in The Hobbit in the third movie where Sauron comes out of a dark wall, um, just saying. Uh, it, 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 he breaks the walls open and he walks right through them, so darkness clearly can walk through walls. Um, so just, just a note. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the, the problem is not going to be when you have like one guy, you know, Galadriel Lady of Light is in a building and then somebody's outside of the building. The problem is going to be when there is a, a rock mm. between Galadriel Lady of Light and a bunch of figures and, and, and saying, you know, a, a rock that's, you know, approximately but not quite the size of a figure or like, you know, a tree trunk that's approximately but not quite the size of a figure. And I, I, I am not looking forward as a TO being mm. called over to adjudicate whether you know, somebody on the other side of that rock is screened off from Galadriel. But yeah, geez, now we're going to have to do that. Especially if you're working in, uh, if, if you're playing on like a very three-dimensional board. So do you take the, um, uh, the, light, uh, the, the line of light? Does it go from the base? Does it go from line of sight? It, it should probably go from the base just like shooting does. But if it goes from the base, well, if it's going to go through a rock or a tree branch onto like slightly higher level, which part of the base are you even measuring it from? And it's like, it, it might just open a lot of... Yeah, does it come from the head of the model? I mean, she's, yeah. she's holding out the, the, the vial of Galadriel in her hand. Yeah. You measure from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, all right. So A, this rule makes sense. B, I really wish they hadn't done this FAQ because it, it was not worth... <laughs> it was not worth the trouble it's going to cause, I think. Uh, next one, if a model under the effects of the paralyzed magical power, oh, if a model is under the effects of the paralyzed magical power, do they still contribute their fight value to a combat they are part of? No. Yay. That's good. <laughs> Straightforward. That's, yeah. Yep. Okay. 
straightforward. Um, uh, not not an FAQ, actually a rules change, but probably a good one. <laughs> um, if a model with a warhorn is under the effects of a paralyzed magical power, can other models still benefit from the warhorn? No. Yay. Yeah. Straightforward too. That's good. <laughs> did, did this did this FAQ need to be changed? Was a warhorn active to begin with, or did it just not? Has anyone ever seen a warhorn on a field? Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen a warhorn. Yeah, but they usually hide them anyway, so it's like you leave them in the corner while your like army moves forward. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, or, or unless you've got Helm Hammerhand or um, oh yeah, yeah, uh, what's his name, um, the other Rohan guy, that has Brand. special horn, Urkenbrand running around. Oh, that's right. Ur- yep, that's I forgot about him. Yeah. Um, Doesn't that big boy from uh, Gondor at War have a ha- warhorn too? Or am I incorrect? The big boy from Gondor at War. With the spear four along the fat? Oh, yeah, he Uh, does. Yeah. Yep. Um, All right. Next one is, if a model that can resurrect, such as the Nazgul of Dogledore or Sauron with the One Ring, is under the effects of the paralyzed power when they are slain, will they still be under the effects of the paralyzed magical power when they return? No. Interesting. So you can die on purpose just to come back without it. Well, you still can't die on purpose. You still need cooperation from your Well, opponent, someone has but... to kill you, yes. Yeah. But... <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, so uh, for everybody who succeeded in paralyzing a Nazgul of Dolgoldor, don't then kill them. Leave them. <laughs> Leave them <Yeah>. be. <laughs> yep. let, let sleeping ring race rot lie. <laughs> um, just to go back to the previous question, um, when Matt was asking, is the Warhorn an active or a passive ability? It just... It doesn't seem to imply either. It just says if you have warhorns on the battlefield, all your motors get plus one courage. All right. So, so, so this FAQ, this FAQ did need to be, uh, yeah. did need to be made. Um, <clears throat> if a war beast or chariot is set ablaze, can they lie down and crawl to put the fire out? No. The only way for a war beast or chariot to put out the blaze is to enter a water feature. And you do not want to enter a water feature with a chariot. <laughs> Uh, well, some chariots you can. The Iron Hills chariot has can, can, can go right through shallow water as if it's not there. Um, but I really wanted to see the rule for when a Mumak has to lay down and roll around, roll over on the ground in <laughs> order to put like out a the dog fire. thing. That would have been that would have been a fun rule to write, and the implications for the poor guys in the howdah when that happens. <laughs> They, yeah. they make it part of the rule. You have to take your, your Muma kill. You flip them upside down. You turn them left and right to get out the water. <laughs> um, next one is, can a model cast a magical power such as command or capel, and then depending on the result, make a courage test to charge a model with the terror special rule? No. If a model wishes to charge a model with terror, then they must take their courage test at the start of the move, even if the model in question is further than their move allowance at the start of their move. Yeah, I think that was needed because uh, people were always arguing: Do you take a courage test first, then cast spells? Do you cast cast spells first, then take courage test? I think I think this makes sense. That that and, and that's a huge difference as well. The ability to to you know, oh well, I failed my courage test now. I don't get to cast any magic at all. Yeah. I mean, that's a massive thing to have in a tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I mean, the the only problem with this is <clears throat> now it becomes a trap for the unwary. Because this kind of reinforces the position that some people take where like 
when you go and you you say I'm going to cast my spell on this guy and you roll for it and it's like and then you're like oh wait I forgot to take my cards test you go up oh, sorry too bad can't charge <laughs> um, which is a jerk move but people do it. <laughs> yeah. um, if a model carrying a light object is slain in close combat, but the model that slew them is not in base contact, if they were supporting, um, does the model then? Does the model that slew them still take the possession of the light object? No, the light object will be dropped in the space that the slain model previously occupied. That makes sense. That's good. I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah, imagine Legolas just homing a missile, killing somebody, and the arrow just takes the light object and brings it back. <laughs> <laughs> he, he puts like a string on the arrow. It's, well, it's, it, it, it's, it, like, it's like it's a reel. You reel it back in. It, it's slain in close combat. It's not. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, shooting. Yeah. I think everybody assumes that if you shoot a guy, you don't like you know get that get the object. Well, but, but even like a Urukai pikeman like pokes them yeah. like two spaces away. Yeah. Then all well, of a sudden he, he takes it on the old pike and he's got the object. Let me reel it in. I mean, so okay. I mean, this is another one where a it makes sense and b I wish they hadn't done it because now we're going to get into situations where like somebody just like rolls all the dice and doesn't specify whether his mm. you know which one is the spear support and now we got to figure it out afterwards and there's going to be a big fight about it as to whether they can figure it out after the fact but also now if you have a hero fighting in a combat against someone who's carrying something normally you, you roll the dice separate yeah you would you would roll the dice of the spearman then you would roll the dice of the hero decide if you're gonna use mine now, if you want to ensure that the hero picks it up, you have to kind of roll, roll the hero first and yeah. burn all your, all your might. Yeah, so I, yeah, uh, it, it, it's just like I said in the last FAQ. It's another trap for the unwary that yeah. you know, the fewer of those we could have in the game, the better, because mm. they're the type of thing that makes it unfun. Okay. Um, if a siege engine shot hits a combat, then will all models in the combat be slain outright if they suffer a wound? From the shot or just the model that is hit by the initial shot? Only the model that is hit by the initial shot is dead. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is still another question that, uh, which hasn't been answered. Do all the other models in combat suffer the initial strength like 10 hit? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that... Well, I, I think that has been answered. Yeah, I think somewhere, somewhere in here in these FAQs, maybe if you scroll up... Oh, you know what? Uh, maybe it, it may be in. Oh, hang on a second. I don't know. I thought that I thought that got answered. Oh, maybe maybe it get, maybe it's actually answered in the rules where it says everybody in the combat counts as being hit. And yeah, so they all get a strength ten hit or something. They all get a strength ten but, hit, and this is to only, clarify. Only one model gets 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 killed out. Gets the insta kill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, next one is if a player wipes out all of an opposition player's models that are on the board and they still have models that have yet to enter the board, does this count as a sudden death? If a player still has models that have yet to enter the board because of the rules of the scenario you were playing, reconnoiter, hold the ground, etc., then this does not result in sudden death. If a player only has models yet to enter the board because of the special rules relating to the models or legendary legion they are part of. Example, the Watcher in the Water, Goblin Mercenaries, and this will still count as a sudden death. Does that make sense for everyone? Yes. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, so if you're 
if it's because of your own model special rules, yeah. then, then you lose. But if it's because of the scenario rules, then you don't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. That's interesting, though. That 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 I've I've never. That's an interesting. I've never seen that come up, but that's good to know that you know it. That not putting those goblin mercenaries on. If you were to get wiped out somehow, then here you lose the game. <laughs> like you were saving them maybe for this one specific turn, and and guess what? You just lost your last model. Well, now you just automatically lose because you didn't put the models on. That's so interesting, actually. Oh, but then uh, also in a way, if let's say you have had an army with like six warbonds of goblin mercenaries and then one other mm -hmm. warbond of just of just a guy the guy comes, <laughs> the guy comes in and dies. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just hear your opponent go march 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 sound the drum let's go come on pick it up <laughs> uh i'll have 30 bow shots at this guy um <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the last two uh, in the Lords of Battle scenario, do you add points to your wound tally for wounding or disabling, disabling a siege engine? Yes, if you manage to disable a siege engine, then you will add the points to your wound tally equal to the number of wounds the siege engine had remaining. I, I believe it has three, if I'm correct. No, they're usually four. Is it four? Uh, yeah, it, it depends on the siege engine. I think they have, I think different ones have different amounts, but yeah. okay, fine. Yeah, okay, so if. I mean, it, it does kind of make siege engines kind of high payoff targets in the Lords of Battle scenario, but mm -hmm. Lords of Battle is one of those scenarios where you can hide them pretty well because they hang out at the back of the board. Um, so I don't think it's All a right. big deal. And the last one in the rules is in the Lords of Battle scenario, do you add points <laughs> to your wound tally for an opposition demolition charge that is detonated? Not if, den not if it detonates on the controlling player's accord. Wow. <laughs> okay, but apparently it does if you hit it and it blows up. So, um, can you explain it? I'm confused by that. What is it? So, so, so if basically, you do it yourself. If you detonate it yourself, it's fine. You're not giving points away. Right. But if someone shoots it with Legolas or, or whatever else, then you are giving points away. And and then it blows up. Yeah. And then they, they get those kill points, yeah, those they, wound points. Well, it's it's not the it's not the points of the figures that get killed. Um, oh, I see. It's it's actually th this is why I think it's funny. It's um it's actually the demolition charge itself yeah. here. Um, Interesting. Which I guess leaves open the question of what about the figures that it kills? It, does that have yeah. an answer? Yeah, because the demolition charge itself is what three wounds, right? Um, yeah, I think that's right. Okay, yeah, so right. if we, if we, yeah, so if at, we least assume... at least you're not giving away the three, but you're still giving away the two or however many brought it over and and killed themselves. Uh, well, maybe, maybe you're answer, answering the questions. Oh, hang on a second. Maybe this is answered by the by a previous FAQ here. So the question I was asking is. If you're if you're basically using the demolition charge to end the game by like you know blowing up sixteen of your own guys and presumably I guess two of your opponents because um, I think that's what you have to do at this point. Um, does the other guy get sixteen points for you blowing yourself up? And I'm reading the 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 FAQ that's two prior than this about wounds inflicted on my opponent in ways other than being dealt by my army count as toward the wound tally. And the answer is yes. So I think that's probably right. Um, if you're going to try and kill your own models with the 
the demolition charge, then the other guy gets points from them. I think that settles yeah, that question. I, th- I think so. Yeah. This is this other FAQ is is only about the the wound tally um, that you get for the demolition charge itself detonating. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we will move on to the match play guide. So let's see. We've got two questions from that. Um, first one is in the Lords of Battle scenario, do you add points to you your just answered ca- these? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, it's <laughs> the same one. Yep, My bad. Ones, yeah. Moving quickly um, on. Armies of the Hobbit. Um, there looks like there is one. Um, what happens if Floyd negates a Nazgul of Dolgodor's unholy resurrection special rule and the Nazgul of Dolgodor is slain in, during that turn? The removal of the unholy resurrection means that no marker would be placed when the Nazgul of Dolgodor is slain, and as such, there's no marker for them to come back from the following turn. As a result, the Nazgul will be slain outright. Ah, Floey, the bane of the uh, uh, of necromancer so many, and his minions. So many things in the gut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old edition and new edition. Here we go. Yep. If only, if only they brought Floey with them when they went to storm Dolgoldor. <laughs> Floey would just do everything. Like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I mean, we could do it. We could do a whole episode, I think, on fun with Floey. And this is fun another, with Floey. We'll do that like a segment every month. Example. Fun with Floey. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have like a five minute segment every episode. Fun with Floey, episode three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the the question, I guess, becomes then: Do you waste Flowey's will on trying to kill the individual ring rays, or do you, are you going to spend all of Flowey's will um, trying to turn off the necromancer's uh, ability to use um, will as fate and trying to kill him? I guess it depends if you can actually get guys into the necromancer. Okay, uh, we're going to move on to the armies of the Lord of the Rings book. Uh, first one is. Can Samwise Gamgee use his Let Him Go or I'll Have You Long Shakes special rule to declare free heroic combat if he is already in the same combat as Frodo? No. So, I don't know about you guys, but we play this one the opposite way because I think that's how the rule actually read. But... uh, um, I don't tend to use Sam, so I I can't... I guess we can't do that. I mean... (laughs) um, um, the only things uh, I think uh, someone po- uh, pointed out yesterday online that the previous question from it says yes, um, and I think uh, the previous question should be deleted. Oh yes, uh, Kent. He uses "Let him go." I'll have you long shake special rule if he's in the same combat. Oh my gosh, you're right. It's literally, <laughs> it's, it's literally right above it. It is literally right above it. Yeah. So uh, as far as I remember, Jay actually posted. To, uh, uh, it should have been deleted, so just ignore it. Yeah, because we, we changed our mind on this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's why we were all playing it the other way, is because <laughs> the rules used to say you could... I mean, both the rules as written and the FAQ indicated you could play it the other way, but now you can't. So uh, I, I just wonder why they felt a pressing need to do an about-face on that one. But, <laughs> the next world may never know. All right. Um, next one is can Mariotic Brandybuck or Peregrim Took use their For the Shire special rule to spend might points from an enemy Boromir of Gondor in range? No. No. <laughs> so 
what about what about your own Boromir of Gondor? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, enemy. Uh, oh, what I was wondering is um, Boromir of the White Tower, and maybe the rules don't allow for that. No, it's just Boromir of Gondor, so never mind. Got okay. it. So nobody can cheat with that. No using the opposing model to benefit you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know what I love? I love how, like, somebody, because I get that it's in the rules, but I love how somebody goes, well, technically, it doesn't say I can't use your model. <laughs> That's right. I love how that comes up. That's great. Um, next one is, can Gandalf the White use Shadowfax will points in order to cast magical powers? No. I wonder uh, who's going to talk about this one on the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, we've had this discussion. And they answered it. I mean, I did say on the. I mean, I did say when we went over this that even though the rules were written that way, uh, that I thought they intended the opposite because of that one. Uh, there's a there's a diagram in the rule book where they use him have him using the will to resist spells. But uh, all right, this answers the question and basically says even though the rules are are. Um, written a certain way you can't do it that's fine now let's go on to the next one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now let's go on to the implications of that oh, particular here we uh, go, here here we we go. go. <laughs> uh, can gandalf the white use shadowfax will points in order to resist magical powers that will depend on the magical power being used if the magical power specifically targets either the rider or the mount such as black dart then only the part that is being targeted may use their will points if the magical power targets the whole model, such as command or compel, then will points can be used from either Gandalf, Shadowfax, or a combination of both. However, Gandalf may never use his might points to improve the D6 role as one of Shadowfax's will points. Whoa. So this, this one basically made the internet explode as soon as... <laughs> this was yeah. all over the internet. All they needed to do was just put in the first FAQ and say nothing more, and this would have been fine. <laughs> but go on, go on, Nick. <laughs> so, yeah, the, so there's, there's many implications of this. So um, the assumption is that we've all been playing it incorrectly, um, which I'm not sure... So like a lot of people disagree with this ruling. Uh, I, have, I have no problem with this being the case. It's just that it sort of uh, contradicts the rules themselves a bit. It doesn't um, sort of contradict the rules themselves. Uh, do you know which page it's on, it's on where they talk about, is it in um, category rules? Yeah, so it's, it's page 93, and then Black Dart is page 90, 96. So, right. so Black Dart specifically targets one enemy model within range, and afterwards it tells you if the target is cavalry model, then the attacker must choose whether the rider or the mount is hit. Okay. Um, now... Yeah, on page 93, when targeting a cavalry model with a magical power that states that the attacker must choose if the rider or mount is affected, the attacker must choose before they make their casting roll. Okay, so when I'm casting a black dart at my opponent's Ar uh, uh, Aragorn or whoever, uh, who's mounted, before I cast the, uh, the spell, I have to declare that I will be uh, targeting the horse. Okay, and then once I've cast it, the spell still targets the model according to black dart. And so the way that I think pretty much everyone's been playing is um, you declare, okay, I'm going to black dart your horse. Then I will target the model. Then the model gets to resist, so the rider. And then if it's failed, then the horse gets the strength nine hit. And the reason everybody has been playing it that way is on page 63, there's a rule called Cavalry and Magical Powers, which says... If a model employs a magical power against a cavalry model, the whole model is considered to be the target of the power. 
the whole model is considered to be the target of the power. This means that either the rider or the mount can use will points to resist the magical power. Again, I say this means that either the rider or the mount can use will points to resist the magical power. <laughs> and if the power is successful, both feel the effects unless otherwise stated. So yeah, this, totally this rule has now been that. written written out of the game. <laughs> yeah. So um, so basically what you can like take out Boromir, Aragorn, any any mega heroes horse without it even being resisted now. Yeah, the bigger thing though, but that someone I saw posted on the, the website was like with Fel Beast. So yeah, like you if you take have, out Fel Beast, yeah. Fel Beast, Radagast, two plus Fel Beast goes away, can't resist it. Then uh, that no, will. no, 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 no. Because because uh, specifically Radagast spell specifically targets the model. So, right. so oh it does target them out. Yeah, okay. so, so so punning steed wouldn't work. However, if you three black to, darts would. Yeah, or if you were to channel black darts, then oh, I see. then the fell yep. cannot resist it, and then you cause a wound and and you roll a three on a d3 and the fell is gone. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. Um all all so they, they they've t- they've taken they've taken one thing that was contrary to what the rule said FAQ'd it in a way that broke a different rule <laughs> in order to in order to fix it um, so all right well yeah so so here are the implications of this implication number one is black dart or channeled black dart can shoot a horse out from under um just about anybody except shadow facts now who can resist it because uh, he's got his own <laughs> and, will <laughs> and, and, and asphalt because 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 he's four to five uh well okay is he that's an interesting i, I haven't looked into that oh and by the way he and is, also the yeah. white also the white war because the white war comes with its own war yeah. uh, own will um so, so asphalt specifically um a glove in his rules say that he is under the effect of fortified spirit and fortified spirit itself states that it targets the model and so on that basis, the model has the resistance to magic uh, okay. with two dice. So as well, you can get it. However, this, this adds like an, another interesting thing with Portify Spirit in that this, uh, this FAQ specifically mentions that um, if, let's say, you're targeting the horse, then the horse can resist or the, or, or, or the other way around. Um, however, if, let's say, you're casting a spell like Transfix, which targets the model, and that model has Fortify Spirit on them, some people may argue that um, you will now get four dice for free to resist because two will come from the horse and two will come from the rider. So how do you argue against that? I, I think the argument is there is one spell that gives you two dice that is shielding both of them. So you're only going to get two dice. It's not like it's not like there's two separate spells, one of which is attacking the rider and one of which is attacking the um, mount. And then you kind of combine them Mm -hmm. to make the resist tests. It's because you, you still have the model resisting because you're targeting the model and the spell targets the model. So there's only one application of the spell that's going to work. Mm -hmm. And that's two dice. Yeah. uh, um, I fully agree with that. Uh, Before think, we move on, don't I don't think, scroll down quite yet. Yeah, Tim. I think it should be entirely two dice. It just it just seems that let's say someone's casting something on Shadow Fax. Okay, Shadow Fax gets gets his own will plus the two if mm-hmm. if, if they're fortified. Someone's casting something else on Gandalf specifically. 
but if it's cussing on both of them, why can't they both resist? Because, because well, te technically, it, it's almost like they're two separate characters. Well, I mean, I, I think you can under the sense of if the magical power targets the whole model, will points can be used from either Gandalf, Shadowfax, or a combination of both. Mm -hmm. But there's only one spell. The spell only gives two dice. Um, so, it, you know, the, I, yeah, it's one spell, two dice. There's, I don't think there, I don't think there's any reading of this where you multiply, you know, you, you count as if there was a separate sp fortify spirit that was actually also sure. cast on the mount. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, as, I, as I said before, I fully agree. I'm just trying to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody's going to argue this. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's going to, someone's going to argue this and I just want to yeah. be clear how, how to respond to the argument. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, the, the other thing that was interesting about this is I, I think before, at least the way we played it, and maybe there wasn't a basis to this, is you had to you had to choose whether Shadowfax was going to resist or Gandalf was, and you couldn't mix and match. But this makes it clear that you can mix it. So you can spend like one of Shadowfax's will, one of Gandalf's will. Um, you know, if you wanted to be able to use the might point on it, you can kind of mix and match there. Uh, uh, but yeah, so um, so the game yeah. has is changed now slightly. <laughs> we, we're gonna be playing it differently, which is fine. Lo like, lots more ring wraiths, black yeah. darting horses <laughs> out yep. from under people. Yeah. Um, are you yeah. guys? Let, let me ask you this: Are you guys a fan of that, or are you kind of like like I, I don't like the fact that I'm paying ten points and any magic power can just get rid of it like that? Well, I honestly don't really care as long as it's clear what the ruling is, and mm -hmm. this gives a clear ruling. So, so now at least we're all going into in, uh, into a tournament thinking, okay, well, this is how a, a rule works, and and if we all understand it, that's great. So, regardless which rule it is, as long as it's clear to everybody, then it's fine. Yeah, but it's yeah. not right because it it's something that's that's buried in an FAQ that not everybody's going to have, and it's I mean the. As we've just plan pointed out, this changes the rules as written. This is this is not an FAQ. This is an errata, yeah. um, and there's going to be tremendous numbers of fights over this, uh, and, and rightly so because, um, you know, I think you're I, I, somebody who like you know want just wants to come and play the game um, and doesn't keep up with all of this errata stuff and just buys the rule set and comes out. And then has this happen to them, and then you know points to the <laughs> points to the rule on page sixty three that says the exact opposite of this. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is is rightly frustrated when somebody says, "Well, no, there's this arcane FAQ concerning just Gandalf the White um, that the implication of which is this." this rule on yeah. page 63 of the rule book is deleted that's yeah yeah like as a, as a to like it it'd be a big headache because i'm sure, sure like 50 60 at least in the states 50 60 percent of the people are going to show up not knowing yeah i mean I, if, if it wasn't for this podcast i wouldn't known about it and all the posts on on the facebook pages like it's it's not everybody yeah. reads reads the FAQs like diligently, and and it is a huge change to the game in my opinion. To where well, it's like re revamping the rules, and and it's worse than that, right? Because the FAQ itself is specific to Gandalf the White. Mm -hmm. So if I was that player and somebody made this, somebody pulled this on me, and black darted Boromir's horse out from under him, and then used as his justification this FAQ, I'd go, yeah, but that's Gandalf the White. This is not Gandalf the White. It's Boromir of Gondor. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so this rule, do, this FAQ doesn't apply to me, but this rule still does on page 63 of the rule book. And then they would say, well, J. Claire got on the GBHL and clarified this. Well, mm -hmm. I, I, I guess, all right, to be loyally about it, why is that precedent? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, do I actually like need to always read the GBHL and all of Jay's posts to be current on the rules changes? Um, I don't know. That, that, this has come up yeah. before. It really irritates me, which is one of the reasons that um, I'm getting a bit exercised about it now. But <laughs> no, but it makes sense because, not, not, like I said, no, not everybody reads it. And you have like somebody that travels like across the country or something, spends like all this money and all this time building this beautiful army. And then they don't know that the meta has slightly changed because they're not on like a British Facebook page reading like Jay Claire's comment. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I get a little, I get a little like ramped up about it too, because it's like not everybody has time for this. And this game in itself is so it's a global game. Like everybody plays it around the world. Yeah. Um, I'm even like finding out that people are playing it in Vietnam, Philippines and stuff here living in Asia. And they're not going to be on the British pages scamming in the comments so where where's well it's like every it's, single thing that gets posted yeah 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 exactly and, you yeah. know and i yeah, and i paid there's hundreds of posts every day pretty much yeah exactly and i paid yeah. 50 bucks I, I mean it's it's a legitimate argument for somebody to say look i paid 50 bucks for this rule book damn it mm -hmm. you know and you're, you're you're telling me that i can't trust what's in it um and you know that's that's a perfectly valid complaint i don't know how to answer that so mm -hmm. yeah the other thing is there's actually 24 pages of of, of faqs and yeah. you have to go yeah, yeah so it's on page x of this one specific one yeah, yeah do you like bring all those 24 pages to a tournament and chop them up and like have them all highlighted and stuff yeah. and ready to go like no you're going to play a game not you know mm -hmm. i don't know it's a little frustrating and not, and not only that but you'd have to basically know ahead of time like because because you're gonna have to look through every single question on those things to mm -hmm. if you're in the middle like imagine you say oh in a tournament well now i gotta go through every single question to find the one and then that's going to take up time from the, but um you, you know it, it, it's we'll have to see in the future what happens with this um obviously this is the way that they're writing it um we'll see if they do anything different in the future um I have a feeling, though, a lot of Lady of Lights are going to be taken from now on to uh, protect some horses. <laughs> well, to to be clear, this is the way they're writing it for Gandalf the White. Mm -hmm. Other than Jay's comment online, there is nothing else that says that this particular interpretation applies to anybody else other than Gandalf the White, which, which I guess raises a question because uh, I know Rainier runs tournaments. Mick, do you run tournaments? No. Actually, that's a really good point, Matt. I uh, didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, 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 Rainier, what would your position be if somebody tried to, you know, pull this off at a tournament and Black Dort Barmer Gondor's horse, and somebody came up to you and said, "Look, I'm reading the rule book, and I'm reading the FAQ, and there's no way you can square what this guy just did with the rules. Do you enforce yeah. the rules, or do you enforce what Jay said online?" Yeah, that's the hard thing. Like, because even like with what you're saying, like, I, I mean, I'm part of this podcast. I'm really big into the game. I don't. Even, I still don't even know what did what did Jake say online exactly. Oh, it happened did, like a couple of days ago already. So I don't remember. Did he say that this affects everything? Yeah, but I, there, I would. There, there was no comments. Yeah, I would. If at a tournament, it'd be a hard decision to be honest. Like. uh already the faqs and the rata like having those pages like full and like flipping through them and like oh what is this what is this and it, and it applies to gandalf but honestly i 
I have no idea. I'd throw it on Samir to make the decision. <laughs> just, <laughs> just pass it off. <laughs> I, mean, like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Samir, take I mean, care of this. I have to Rainier say, leaves the state. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, because this, this has actually come up in a couple of tournaments I've run. Um, and I mean, I have taken the position that un- unless it is in an FAQ or a rule book, to me, it doesn't, you know, for purposes of tournaments I'm running, to me, it doesn't exist. No, that makes sense because like um, this, even just this rule in itself is taking a Gandalf rule and applying it to all of the all of the rule, whereas it contradicts what the rules state. And you guys even flip through the pages, three different areas, the rules state something that the Gandalf rule would contradict. So it just doesn't. At a tournament, I would probably keep precedent and be like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, like, yeah. Not not I mean, going down well, a rabbit troll to try to justify it. This how does it as of now? And, well, the thing is, this this new FAQ is the new precedent. So so mm-hmm. I would say, in a way, you have to apply it to all horses, to all mounts. Why? But it specifically says it specifically Gan- says Gan- Gandalf the White. Yeah, you well, have like, to Mick, apply it to Gandalf the White. Yeah, Mick. You, I, like I I totally agree that like that that might be the intention of what they're trying to. But based on the actual rules that they just released, it specifically only says Gandalf. It doesn't say Boromir or Aragorn or any other. It just only it only says Gandalf the White, unfortunately. So they they weren't very clear on that, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and, and and meanwhile, the rule that's on page sixty three of the rule book does apply to Boromir because it applies to, you know, it's a, it is a general rule, not over ruled by this specific FAQ. And, and and you know what? In all honesty, they probably will update it in the next FAQ, and that'll probably be a part of it. Um, but I think for now, like, and, and I just, and, and I imagine, because it's such a hard position to be put in if you're, if you're a TO for the, this kind of a situation, I would probably end up going with the way Matt says, which is this is the official thing that they've given us. We're going to go solely based on what they give us, not what this or that says. And that's not to discredit what they're saying online, but it's not official documentation of what the game is supposed to be. Yeah. So you can't just go like, oh, well, this person said on this, this and this happened, so then that must be true. Because, like, A, you'd have to pull it up, and B, it doesn't really affect the tournament that's happening right then and there mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. So, it might, might, might benefit as a TO to, like, take the specific, like, controversial ruling and like before your tournament be like this is controversial or whatever in our tournament this is how it will be addressed mm-hmm. so there's clarification you can say it above ahead of time yes so you can yeah 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 that, that, that's what i mean well yeah so that, can i just add that um the the faq comes out once every six months yeah and since we are still under lockdowns and all the other restrictions i'm not expecting to play very many tournaments no exactly and that and, and, so and you know by the we'll time, have this time to play that anyway. maybe it'll yeah. get, i mean maybe it'll get fixed in two weeks i mean yeah. yes. we, we've had that happen before <laughs> but um but yeah i mean but so hopefully if, if anybody on the um faq people are listening we we, we would appreciate it if maybe this could be a little bit more clarified in the actual FAQ, but I, th- I think we've spent enough time on this. I think it's time to, to move. We, we, we've stated what, you know, <laughs> how we feel about it. I think it's time to move on to the rest of it. Um, yeah. So we'll move on to the next question, I've, which I've just never seen so many people posting. Questions it was a lot. About, it definitely was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot of confusion and definitely. Well, a lot yeah, of questions. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, but it, it 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 is a it is a potential game changer. So oh yeah, it's it's huge. It's huge. It's it, I mean, buried in buried in some stuff. The, about the, a, I mean, bring, people bring take horses. People <laughs> take horses knowing that 
you know, I can resist this many times if they try to take my horse out. Yeah. But knowing that you have no control over that, that might genuinely make someone go, well, I'm not going to take a horse because I'd rather use it on this and this kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, all right. So next question is, can a shield bearer use its defense of the king's special rule to declare a free hero combat if they are already in the same combat as a dwarf here they are protecting? No. Pretty pretty straightforward. Same thing with this, you know the, all the other rules which allow you to do these free hero combats. If you're in the combat with the same model, you can't do it. Pretty much pr try and simple. Um, when... The rider of a warg rider is slain, and the warg passes its courage test to stay on the board. Does the warg retain the Mordor of Angmar's Mordor or Angmar keyword, depending on what list it was taken from? Yes. So that is kind of a big deal for that to be. Um... I, mean, I mean, it makes sense. It's just a bit funny how wild wargs within Angmar don't have an Angmar keyword. So. Mm. No, it's, that's another good point. To be fair, <laughs> only if they're. That's why, why does this matter? Uh, so I guess it matters if you're going to benefit from the, the more like Mordor if there's special drum. rules. Yeah, it's like if there's special rules to it. And I and I guess the Angmar, do, do the wargs cause terror at that point? Is that the deal? Um, if they're within three inches of a of a of a spirit, yeah. So yeah, it, it would, yeah. It would matter for that. I'm yeah, just, I'm yeah, just wondering why this matters. I mean, it probably yeah. doesn't matter that much. It's just for completeness' sake. It would be nice if it was. Well, but I mean, those are those. I mean, you just named two rules that might come into effect. Where no, so actually, friendly Angmar orc models within three. Yeah. Oh, okay. so, yeah so, so that doesn't matter. So, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's not really that relevant. It just it's just kind of funny. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um. Next one is, if a model that is hit by the initial shot from a ballista is killed, are they still flung back or are they removed immediately? Page 105 and 179. The slain model is still flung backwards and will hit and will still hit the models in their path when flung back. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. how, I, I think that's how it's always been. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to just get rid of them beforehand. Yeah. They don't call it. They, just like, oh, hits me, poof. Well, the body uh, is still flying, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, next one is, if an enemy model begins its move already in the control zone of Tom Bombadil or Goldberry, are they allowed to charge them as if they had started the move already in their control zone? No. A model that starts its move in the control zone of Tom Bombadil or Goldberry can can only choose to forego their move and remain where they are or to finish their move outside of their control zone, ensuring that they move no closer to Tom Bombadil or Goldberry whilst within their control zone. Uh, unless Tom Bombadil or Goldberry lets them, presumably. Yeah. All right. Um, any other thoughts on that one? Or that one's pretty straight. So, all right. Um, can a war beast or chariot that ignores control zones when moving, move into the control zone of Tom Bombadil or Goldberry and therefore into base contact with them? If so, what happens? Yes, a war beast or chariot can move into Tom or Goldberry's control zone and even into base contact with them. When this happens, Tom or Goldberry do not take any hits from the war beast or chariot and the war beast or chariot will stop moving, though they will be engaged in combat. Remember, though, that Tom and Goldberry will automatically win any fight they're involved in, so there's no risk of them being crushed by a rampaging Mumak or run over by a chariot. 
So why would you why, why would you do this in a game? I guess is my question. Oh, because you pin them and prevent them. Oh, you from pin them down. Yeah, okay. you block them. Yeah, gotcha. Um, this is I, yeah. I mean, well, look, very few people use Tom and Goldberry. Yeah. Um, I may be the only one in the U.S. who does, uh, but this is actually kind of a significant change for them. And this is another one of those we're rewriting the rule in the guise of an FAQ. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, so I guess uh, Warbeast and Chariots are um, a way to counter Tom. Although I- I'm not sure how much this matters other than the fact that it's a way to kind of turn off Tom's ability to constantly replenish stuff. That's really kind of what this is about. I can imagine Don and Whistle being like, hmm, how do we make Moomax better? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to stop Tom Bombadil with it. Yeah, well, that, that's actually kind of funny. I wonder I wonder if, if we were seeing Dan Entwistle's fingerprints on this uh, particular FAQ. I'm going to throw away this Moomax just so Tom doesn't move. <laughs> Um, the next one is, can the Watcher in the Water target mounts directly with its tentacle shooting attacks? Yes. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Um, got three more from this. Uh, first Let's one see. is, can the Golden King of Abrakan be supported by a model armed with a spear or pike that are on a 25mm base? No. I don't know why this needed. Oh, he, it's, they already they already like downgraded him so much. I know like, this guys. is. So, I don't like this at all. <laughs> thank thank God the Golden King that this cheat involving the Golden King of Abrakan has been ruled out, so he will stop dominating the games in which he appears. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're like oh like let's let's he's fight four with no heroic strike. How else can we screw him over and like overcost him and make people choose Stoladan like a hundred percent of the time more. That was yeah, that was okay. what was great though. Like I, that's Sucks. what I thought was going to be great about the Golden King, was like I wanted him to be where you go. Okay, do I take Suladon or do I take the Golden King? Now it's just, there's almost no like. Well, there's not no point, of course, but it, it's such an obvious choice to just go with Suladon over the Golden King, especially now that nobody can support him. It, uh, it's just frustrating. Yeah. Oh, I, I wish gets the benefit of his own banner, right? He does, and I'm not saying he, does, he has four attacks, obviously. Yeah, so he's still rolling he, five dice. He's still it. rolling five dice, but you, you know that that model that it's I don't know, just make he's, him he's better. Like, he's way he's he's way more points than Soladan. Yeah, he doesn't cost as a banner for scenario points. His banner's three inches instead of six inches. Exactly. You don't have the mobility. You don't have fight five. I mean, I get the no like strike. Yeah, no strike that you have the burly with four attacks, but at fight four, like almost everything's fight four. Like yeah. model wise, you're not even heroic combating anymore. Exactly. So I don't know. Justice for the Golden King, guys. Justice, Justice for, for right, Tim. Exactly. Exactly. Right, Tim? We'll start. We'll start a petition. Get state by state to sign. <laughs> Hashtag Justice for the Golden King. Hashtag yeah. JSGK. You know what the result? You know what the result was going to be? We're going to get an FAQ saying, you know that rule that says that the Golden King counts as a banner. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just going to troll it even more. And more. Oh, that's my right. gosh. <laughs> um, okay. Um, next one is, can Mahood Warrior model benefit from their Warrior Pride Army bonus if there's a friendly Mumak war leader on Royal War Mumak, a friendly War Mumak of Far Harad, or a friendly War Mumak of Harad with a Mahood Beastmaster upgrade in combat within six inches of them? Yes. 
Although the Mahud hero isn't technically in combat themselves, riding a Mumak that is in combat is still pretty inspiring. Pretty good. Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, straightforward. Okay. Yep. Um, can And the last one for this section is, can a Corsair Reaver activate their mindless killer special rule if they move as part of a heroic combat? Also, if a Corsair Reaver activates their mindless killer special rule in the move phase, do they still benefit from it if they move as part of a heroic combat in the same turn? Yes to both questions. All right. Does, it, does anybody want to dive into this one before I do? Because <laughs> this... This is a this is another problematic FAQ. I'm just gonna reread the whole rule just so I know what we're talking about. All right, yeah, Matt, you go that's, first. That's then. probably wise. Okay, so first of all, to the second part of the question, um, if he activates his mindless killer's rule during the move phase, do they still benefit in the move as heroic combat? Uh, yes, answer is yes, no problem there. So it's the first part. Um, so it. Here's, here's the question for me. Let's assume, for instance, that this Corsair, um, it, this Corsair Reaver is part of a heroic combat. Uh, if there is a bosun within six inches of you, then you can choose to auto-fail this in the heroic combat that follows um, and then go nuts. Okay. I get how that works. But the implication of that, and again, we're into implications, is what if there isn't a bosun within six inches when you do the heroic combat? Does that mean that you must make a courage test after, the, after you kill that guy and start the heroic combat? And if you fail it, must you then charge your own guy if there's nobody else within reach? That seems to be the implication of this, which I'm pretty sure nobody has ever considered before since the way the rule reads is any Corsair Reaver that starts its move at least six inches away from a friendly Corsair Bosun must take a courage test. Is that what this rule is saying? I mean, presumably it does, because if you can choose to fail it after the heroic combat, then, then you must have to take it in the first place. I mean, I, Rainier knows Corsairs more than, than probably anyone here because he plays them. But I mean, I, based on what I understand of Corsairs, I think you're right, Matt. Yeah, so is what you're saying like it, let's say you heroic you you start in the you pass automatically, you move out of the six inches, you charge into somebody with say the with say a captain or a Dalmir, you heroic combat with that, and then you have to take another an actual courage test after that in the in the fight phase. That seems to be what it's saying here. Because if you it, it would choose be to fail that courage test then presumably you must take that courage test to begin with. So there's the possibility that you'll just end up charging Dalamir if he's the only guy within reach. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense with the mindless killer special rule. And it kind of like gives a check on the their, their, their power. But yeah, that would be kind of funny. You're like going crazy slaughtering, then they turn up, turn against And then you'd have to figure out too who moves first. So say... You're in the combat, heroic combat. You're with Dalmir. Dalmir's heroic combating with them to get into another combat. Then who moves first, Dalmir or them? Yeah, Will they automatically it, charge Dalmir before he can do it and just waste it? That's, I don't I think guess. so, because I think the rule says you can choose which one to mm -hmm. move first. 
um, after heroic combat, but you know, still once all that's done, like say for example, that, you know, you, you do your heroic combat, you move, and then you've kind of, you've charged everybody. So this, this revert has nothing to do except like charge the back of one of your own guys. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah, they trap, I, they I, trap I like Dalgamar, you do it with Dalgamar, and then Dalgamar gets trapped by like the <laughs> enemy and your own reefer and he dies. That's yeah, I mean, funny. I, I think that's what, ha- I, I think that's what happens. And I don't think anybody's thought of this before because it seemed pretty clear, at least to me, that this, this mindless killer rule that starts off with any Corsair reaver that starts it move, starts its move at least six inches away from a friendly Corsair boson mm-hmm. was talking about the move in the movement phase and not moving in heroic combat, but apparently not. Um, is there an imp- implication with the fact that if you've passed a courage test uh, once, you don't take the courage test again? No, because I think that's in the... Isn't it in the same phase? No, it's a no, Did they change it? Uh, if a model passes a courage test caused by a special rule or ability, it automatically passes, passes any subsequent courage test it is required to take because of the same special rule or ability for the rest of the turn. Oh, well, un- maybe so. Un- unless otherwise stated. Well, let's see. Uh, well, okay. So... Say you However, passed, you passed it first yeah. time, you can still activate it second time. Uh, well, no, but it, if it started its move within six inches of a bosun, um, then it will not have pa- it will not have mm-hmm. taken that card. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That is true. So, so I guess I th- I think I'd probably read it the way Matt's talking about it, because you don't like you said like you're not actually passing the courage test, so you wouldn't ignore it. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. I, I think I think you got to go based on unless they state otherwise. I think you have to go based on what Matt's saying, and mm-hmm. I would expect that to be the calling in the tournament if this got brought up. But I don't know. Uh, if, maybe they'll release another part to this and, and answer that question maybe later on. Before yeah, it seems we like move a lot on. of these FAQs are just causing more holes. <laughs> just, just, just one more implication of this that I never thought of, which is let's let's say that you've chosen to fail it, right? Mm-hmm. And you send your 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 reaver as a mindless killer into something that eventually turns into a heroic combat. Um, I take it then that because the mindless killer is still in effect after you do the heroic combat, unless you've left some way for that corsair reaver to charge into an enemy model, he's going to then take his heroic combat and charge a friendly model because he's already failed it. Mm-hmm. And he's still a mindless killer. True. True. Corsairs are fun. Curious, <laughs> Corsairs are fun. Like, man, just talking about them, I'm like, well, I just want to play a tournament with them again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we will move on to the next one, which is uh, Gondor at War. Okay. We're going to go into Gondor at War next. Uh, there's only, I believe, three questions, so we'll go over the first one. Um, can Darewine, Chief of the King's Knights, use his fourth Thaden special rule to declare a free heroic combat if he is already in the same combat as Thaden? No. Sticking with the theme of things, if you have a special rule that allows you to do it, you can't do it if you're in the same fight. Fair enough. Um, and actually, this is the last question for... Um, Gondor at War. Um, if multiple Corsair Warrior models in the same fight choose to re-roll a single dice for Delgamar's Ruthless Commander special rule, what happens if some of the models don't roll high enough to win the dual roll, but other models do? In this case, no models will suffer the strength to hit as the dual roll was won by one Corsair or was won by the Corsair player. If none of the models re-rolled high enough to win the fight, then any model that chose to re-roll would suffer the hit. 
So if you have three models sense. and even one of them wins, none of them take the hit. Yeah, I think this is how we played it. Yeah, that's how we played. I'm glad the clarification though, because now, now reading through it, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that would. I've never seen people bring it up, but I guess it's like stab, right? If two people stab, then does and you win the fight. You know, do, does does the person who didn't roll high enough still have to stab? If the, oh, kind no, of a thing. You won the fight. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. um, right. So that that's real simple uh, with Condor at War. Uh, there is nothing for Scouting of the Shire, so we'll move into War at Rohan. War in Rohan, sorry. And there's only one question for here as well. If a Dunlending Haskarl is supporting a fight and is within three inches of multiple defend- or multiple Dunlending hero models, do they gain a bonus of plus one to their fight value for each due to their favor of the War Chief special rule? No. They will gain a bonus of only plus one to their fight value regardless of the number of Dunlending hero models that are in range. So just no don't, no stacking to you know yeah. fight five fight six nonsense. My heart uh, fluttered. I was like, oh, did they did they make Dunlin Huskarls relevant? Uh, no, they didn't. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. Oh, <laughs> right. It's funny when, when, when we when we were um, going over like the Dunlendings, um, like it's one of those. Or you know, when we when we talk about the Huskarls, when you see the profiles. I genuinely thought these were going to be back rank models every single time because I thought, okay, what's the, you know, now you have front rank, back rank. But then when you see the banner effect, obviously that kind of rules it out. But it, I thought when I saw this model, I thought this was going to be in every single army back rank. So, but, boy, this would have been interesting if, if the, I mean, I, this is the way we played it. I think this is the way the rule was written as well as the way it was intended. But can you imagine if this wasn't and you had your little block of um, uh, four, uh, you know, the four new Dunlending heroes, you know, Raiden <laughs> and the three other guys, you know, You've got one like next to another with fight four seven Dunlending behind seven. Seven. <laughs> you you have the one you have the one guy who has like three attacks at fight five supported by fight seven so now he's just... <laughs> oh, you have that great. guy cutting his arm fight oh, seven just like... and, then, and then and then was it anybody calls a heroic strike <laughs> like he can call a heroic defense so then yep. you're not oh wounding him anyway and it's forcing I, people to call him. i I, th- I think games workshop really missed a trick here because can oh, you this imagine how phenomenal. many dunlending husk girls they would have sold oh my if, gosh if faq would oh come out gosh. the other way even if you had capped it at, <laughs> even even if you had said we're not going to go higher than than two or three they would have so many more of those would have been bought yep yeah, they could um, even made a cool like Dunlin frenzy like special rule like the Dunlin Huskarls. <laughs> each each time they see a, a a hero, they're like they go into like double frenzy. They just start spazzing out. Fight five Dunlendings back rank. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> the new meta. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, real simple. Warren Warren Rohan. Uh, we're going to the last one, which is Quest of the Ring Bearer. Um, first question we'll do is does Mablung's bird call special rule mean that Mablung and friendly rangers of Gondor within six inches of him can target enemy models with the stock unseen special rule, even if they are more than six inches away? Yes. Right. And I don't like that because that means my Morgul stalker army is not going to do that well. Yeah, well, that was a good clarification. Was, I, was, I was pretty was, sure that was what was intended, but it was not what they wrote. So <laughs> I, think, I think, Tim, your Morgul stalker army was never going to do so well anyway. I made a list. It's, it's going to do well. We'll see. Um, He's gonna, you're going to get second place at the, new, at the next Articon. You know what? When I win a That's tournament, I am going to – it's not going to end. I will keep sh- – 
showing the Morgul stalkers, I'll bring them into the limelight. Get a um, tattoo. Yeah, I'll get a tattoo of a Morgul stalker. <laughs> he, will, he will be standing there right next to the guy that brought the uh, Rangers of Affiliate list with Matt. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go, it is possible. It is. Um, next question is, can Barlaman Butterbur use his Barlaman Butterbur use his Parliament Butterbur at your service special rule to benefit a hero model that is part of the fellowship, but is not part of the fellowship army list, such as Gandalf the Grey from Survivors of Lake Town, Aragorn, King Elisar, Legolas Greenleaf, Prince of Mirkwood. Only hero models taken directly from the fellowship army list. So no trying to cheat the system here. Because nobody else wants to be served by Barlin Butterbur unless they're in the fellowship. But you, that was that's how you make him relevant. I'm, they missed out on another opportunity here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> can Gimli use his Galadriel's locks to reroll the dice of a friendly models for, of friendly models in a dual roll, or only his own dice? Only his own dice. Why would someone even ask that question? He's like given like. Gladriel's hair to his friends and stuff. That's Here's crazy. one lock. So, Here's social one currency. Lock. Like, Here's what weird. <laughs> You're looking a little bit down, buddy. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I got this hair from this girl. <laughs> <laughs> one for you. <laughs> for <Yeah>. you. <laughs> In the forest of Lothlorien. Lothlorien. Like it's like, from okay. an actual girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yes, I'm willing to accept bids. <laughs> the bidding will start at. <laughs> From a female. Um, an actual female. An with actual, actual female hair. With actual hair. <laughs> um, okay. I, I would love to go into that more, honestly. But <laughs> the next question is when a part of the Depths of Mori Legendary Legion, uh, when as part of the Depths of. Moria Legendary Legion, can the Balrog target Green Warring Tongue with its flame and special rule? Answer is yep. yes. Yes. Ooh. Oh, what? I, I was reading that wrong. Sorry. When as part... Okay. When, comma, as part of the depths of Moria But there's Legendary no comma. So there is no it, comma, but there, there ought is no to comma. be a comma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that's, that's what messed you up there. Yep. <laughs> so then, uh, what ho- horses and Grima should be aware be aware with the new <laughs> FAQ? Um, somebody on the um, somebody on the thread for the last episode actually asked if um, chariots can charge Grima Wernhung, which you know kind of goes to that the FAQ we read a little bit about chariots charging Tom. I think the answer is yes. Um, yeah. You know, for the same reason that uh, you know you can do. You know, like the Balrog can't like step on Grima Worm Tongue, but by God, I can set him on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. Chariots yeah, can like so. ram him in two strength four hits. Like, oops. Yeah. Who's so, this annoying twerp? So charges are not technically <laughs> charging in a sense because they they also don't have to take a carriage test, so they're just right. they're, they're just driving. And then yeah, I mean, Grima yeah. happens to be on the way of you of, of me driving. Well, tough tough luck. He, he's just he's just one of he's just one more of my own warriors that I am going to grind beneath yeah. the, uh, the wheels of my chariot. Exactly. <laughs> and in fact, he's a squishier version. <laughs> okay, we're on to the last question. If a ringwraith model declares a heroic move, can they still use their screech of the Nazgul in the same turn? Answer: Yes. Screech of Nazgul allows them to use the channeled version of Transfix, though it is not, though it is not itself declaring the use of heroic channel. 
Oh, well, this is this is perfectly fine. Uh, the reason I'm sitting, the reason for viewers on YouTube, why I'm sitting here with my mouth open, is <laughs> I just realized how powerful the 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 nine ring race um, uh, uh, legendary legion has become. Mm-hmm. Now that it can dart the horses, black dart the horses out oh, from under yes. anybody. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> Oh, oh my! <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Did Jay Claire play this at a tournament or event or something? Oh, have have we figured it out? I think did he? Maybe he wants to. Oh, interesting. <laughs> His post-COVID list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh my. <laughs> yeah no but you're right that does make them like really because the only thing that you were afraid of of course would be like maybe legolas or like a mega here just get into combat and kill you now you just take out their horse and you run away and black dart them or have, have against, the nine just <laughs> you position yourself well enough and you take out nine horses from uh like a, a very heavy cavalry army you just go bye 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 I mean, yeah, you could, you could just take out the riders too from from most of that part. Well, yeah, but yeah. the riders at least can resist. Like, so if you're, you know, if you're, no, if no, you're I gonna, mean, if uh, if oh the cow, I see what you're if, saying. If it's yeah. a cavalry yeah. army, yeah, you might as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then right. Tim is taking out the horses, but not the riders. Yeah, no, that's it's, yeah. it's, li- yeah. it's literally like an old western movie where you have like your cowboys just all running in it, riding in it on triangle, just shooting their pistols as they're riding at you and stuff like that's the ring race. But they're, they're doing like some like. Um, Japanese, like they're shooting like the ninja stars out of their like black yes. darts. <laughs> how, did it, how did it go, Tim? So here's an interesting question um, Are the horses that Lothlorian guys riding, do they have the Oh, resistant to oh, magic. It's friendly Lorian. Yeah, I th- okay. I think they do. Yeah. Because it is a Lorian cavalry model. It is a Lorian yeah. model. Well, so Lorian just got that more relevant. Like that's now, right. now there's a reason to take them. Now there's a reason to yeah. take them. We all are all mounted Lothlorian. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, but then why would you black dart the horse instead of the rider? No, you wouldn't. You'd black dart. You'd black dart the rider then. The, the question was, <laughs> but it makes you, you black dart the rider. You black now. dart the horse out from under the rider who is resistant to magic in the answer. Uh, but like, like, like the Lorian, like a uh, captain or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Let us know in the comments section uh, if you enjoyed the FAQ. If there's something you like, you dislike, let us know as well. Um, let us know as well any questions you have for a Q&A we'll have coming up in the future. So anything you want to ask, uh, as well as any lists you'd like for us to review as well. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. Bye.